Praise God. Let's put our giving declaration up. We want to release this over each other. Anybody ready to prosper? When we declare this today, would you just reach over and hold somebody's hand because it says whatever you touch will prosper. Amen. So as you touch somebody's hand today, just, just as we decree this out loud, I'm saying whatever I touch is going to prosper. So I'm just touching you saying you're going to prosper in the name of Jesus. So now we say this out loud. Today we give cheerfully, knowing God's faithfulness, trusting in his generosity, declaring that there is no lack because of his abundant supply, we are blessed. And so just right on, on the right and left, just look at him as you join the hands and say, I decree you're going to prosper in Jesus' name. Tell him. Amen. I feel the spirit of prosperity on that. That's awesome. We got two things to celebrate uh, quickly before we... Uh, before we get into God's Word, just for a few moments this morning. One, we just had a group return with Matt and Holly from Honduras. 20, 25 folks in the nation of Honduras that uh, did some, some great work there. So I'll just read you quickly what happened. They may have some pictures to show. We distributed over 7,000 pounds of food, held a two-day leadership conference for 400 pastors. Listen, 400 pastors and leaders provided all their transportation, paid for their transportation, paid for their food, paid for their stay, so they were extremely blessed, ministered in over 18 local services, local meetings for men, women, and children, visited a local high school and ministered to students and teachers and installed a new roof in the community of San Francisco. Uh, San Fran Francisco. Y'all getting around. San Francisco, it's a place in Honduras. Look at that, the crowds that came to hear him minister and preach. And there was 25 on the team this time. Uh, Honduras just continually, is continually being impacted uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit through our teams that go there. So thank you so much for your continued support of Project 58 and for praying for the team and for the team that went at their own expense and their own time to go and minister the love of God. So let's give them a big hand. We that's something great. Great to celebrate, isn't it? Bev and I were just this week ministering in Boone, North Carolina to the Wanda Water staff. And uh, it's incredible to see, see what they've done. I don't, oh, there's, we got pictures. Man, we're on fire with our pictures. So if you can envision, this is me and a few of their team there in a, in a, a private room. They, they uh, led by God. I love how the Holy Spirit's leading this, this team that's making water available. Now in 18 nations, last year over 1 million people drank clean water last year because of the, 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 these, these efforts. If you'll see this picture, I didn't realize Don and Christine Potter only lived 30 minutes away and I didn't even know it. So once I realized, I called them and they showed up down there with us and released the sound. Uh, oh, there's Don tuning up Doc's guitar for him, trying to get him moving again, playing, playing and singing. And uh, look at that. Just pause right there. This, what, this is a bar, pub, restaurant called Ransom. It was the most drug-infested where, 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 where they said 90% of all drugs that went through this college town of Boone came out of this place. And it was a drug-infested uh, place of deep darkness God led this wine to water team with a, with a blessing of one donor to purchase this building. They went in and had a prayer meeting, ran the devils out of it, and now they've turned it into a place where the Spirit of God is dwelling, and it's called Ransom, where uh, people are coming morning, noon, and night for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, releasing the Spirit of God, praying. Pavin Mudim, one of our, uh, of course, Sinanet's son is there. He's one of their staff. And uh, there, so, so underneath is like a library of books. The main floor is this, this place. All the employees there are people that are in recovery. Uh, we had a little Down syndrome girl that was uh, there working that just, just blessed us. She clogs. She was amazing. Uh, so they're ministering to the uh, handicapped community. They're ministering to the uh, uh, recovery community. It's just staggering. And then on top is their international headquarter offices where they're literally sending people around the world making clean water available. And so that's another something to celebrate, right? That God's doing. So there again, your generosity through, through uh, Isaiah 58 is making uh, this available. And uh, so there's sunflower seeds. 
Beautiful. And uh, was that part of our pictures? Oh, that was part of our pictures. Part of our trip. We saw some sunflower seeds. Okay. There's more pictures to come. So, uh, I don't know what to say either. It just staggered me. I just saw a bunch of it. I was like, wow, it's amazing. We just finished up another run of Fast Track. Nan, would you come quickly? This is the mic by the stage, and she's going to tell us about Fast Track and invite those that have uh, finished, graduated. Yeah, just stay here. We'll okay, invite them there perfect. with you. Um, can I have Dewana Miller, um, Chuck Roberts, Tim McCord, and Sally McClure come and join me here real quick? These are... These, these four guys, along with about uh, maybe 20 others of us, have been through Fast Track. Fast Track is four weeks um, where we really, first off, we get to know you and you get to know us, which is amazing. It's such a privilege to get to spend some time. I got some people shaking their heads who have come. This is our only our second round. It's four weeks. We teach on uh, Pray, Fast, Give. We talk about prayer evangelism. We talk about ecclesia, which is the, your work is your worship. And so we, we really are getting to know you and you are getting to know us, but we believe that each person who's called here is called to do the work of the ministry, that we believe we're all called, each one of you. And so we believe that this class is part of just releasing you and empowering you to go and be Jesus to those people that you know and love and work with. Amen. And so we would just like to, if we could, Pastor Kent, get you to come. And Miss Bev, if you would, um, come lay hands on these um, and release them into the ministry. And if you would, if you just reach out your hands and just pray a blessing on these um, as they embark on what God's called them to do. So we're, we're in this uh, moment of commissioning, we're basically commissioning them to go and be ecclesia, right? So that's in their workplace, that's in their uh, spheres of influence, and through prayer evangelism, then uh, change and, and move atmospheres in their own homes and their own sphere of influence. And so it's a powerful, powerful time. And so, Father, we thank you for these that you've called for this season, for such a time as this. And so, Lord, we anoint them today in the name of Jesus Christ. We anoint their hands with oil, representative of the Holy Spirit. We touch them and agree with our congregation that today they are being commissioned as the ecclesia, and they will literally be used to leaven society with the kingdom of God. God and the power of the Holy Spirit. You said these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak with tongues. They shall cast out devils and they shall see the kingdom of God come on those that they minister to. And so Father I thank you that today is their day of empowerment and commissioning so we send them now from this congregation into their spheres of influence with the anointing of the Holy Spirit with with the angels of God surrounding them and with open doors to proclaim the good news of your kingdom. Lord, you said that they should go and they would bear fruit and their fruit would remain. Lord, you've not called us slaves, you called us friends. And so, Lord, we're ordaining your friends now to go into society and be the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be shaken. Lord, we send them as lights in dark places and we thank you that everything their hands touch will prosper and their ministries will be fruitful. And we bless you and glorify you for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Come amen. on, let's give God a hand of praise for these, will you? This, this uh, empowerment class happens, every, as Nan mentioned, every week. It's where we teach you about identity and about uh, devotional life and then empowerment. A lot of people think, you know, you've got to be discipled before you're empowered. But actually, Jesus empowers you and through that, disciples you. And so we're excited about that. And they'll be joining the Caballeros. Stand up, you guys. These guys are hosting this new crew at their house for a house of light. And so a celebration. And uh, we're excited about that. So they'll find their way into a house of light and begin to move in the flow of here, uh, of our uh, structure here at Word Alive as we're raising up a thousand houses of light that are going to be portals for the glory of God to manifest himself throughout our state and nation. Amen? Yeah. Fired up about all that now. Next week, 845, if you want to jump into Fast Track. And you don't have to, like, 
hit it right on track. Whatever week you jump in, you can finish up and circle around. It's not like if you, you know, don't get to start the right the first day. You can circle right through four, and, and uh, it'll be great. We, um, one last thing. You can't fix This is important. Trunk or treat. I got, they'll get me if I don't. <laughs> trunk or treats. This is a Halloween alternative. Last year, 3,000 children came on campus. That'll be today, and that'll happen between 4 and 6 p.m. And you say, well, is that spiritual? It is if you like candy. <laughs> but uh, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? I mean, <laughs> so if you see me and Dan out there in a costume with a bag, you'll know we're on, we're, we like it. And, uh, but basically, we just like to provide a safe alternative to going out here, and honestly, we, we uh, you know, we, we like just to create a nice environment, and it's a great ministry opportunity because all these, most of these families don't, don't come to our church, they're just being blessed by our efforts, and we believe when we offer a blessing to somebody on whatever level, that blessing breaks curses, and so we, just, we really believe that children walking around getting candy from our anointed facility, that the anointing that's here can get on them and their families, come on somebody, and so... Uh, it's not just a you know a candy event or a, a fun event, but there's going to be jumpies and food trucks, and it'll be a big old blowout. And uh, and so uh, uh, Elder Patio and uh, Dan will be battling. They always try to be the best, you know. They're, so their truck trunk, you never know what they're going to be like. They're, they'll have some kind of great costumes set up, so you want to make sure and kick, kick, go to their trunk because they'll have plenty of good stuff. We've been. Um, I'll just I'll just stay with you the next few minutes. And, uh, of course, kind of have to, don't I? I'm the preacher. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I, can really, I really need to go. I'm hungry. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> we'll slip out if that's okay. Um, <laughs> y'all see me later at Cracker Barrel. I thought, where did you go? I was, I was starving. We've been talking about establishing the presence of God uh, in our midst and hopefully if you if you were here last week you got a hold of this if you weren't here last week uh, please uh, uh, check it out because we, we had a real paradigm shift to realize it's not like we're trying to get God in this room it's that God in us it's in us it's not in the room it's in us that God's working and uh, so along those lines I want to spend a few minutes with you today and the, the one thought I want to try to get to everybody here is simply this. God is with you. God is in you. And he actually wants to come upon you. God is with you. God is in you. And he actually wants to come upon you. The scripture reference I'd like to use is Revelations 1 Verse 5 and 6, it says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. I love that quote. Firstborn from the dead. That means there's going to be many more. Jesus was the first one that got up, and we'll be the rest of the army. So Jesus got up, so you and I are going to get up. He's the firstborn from the dead. And he's the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to as God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. To Jesus, the firstborn from the dead that has washed us, saved us with his own blood, but also has made us kings and priests unto our God. Unfortunately, many people in the body of Christ get stuck in being washed in the blood. I thank God for being washed in the blood. I thank God for the revelation of salvation. I thank God for the revelation that my sins have been forgiven, not when I accepted Jesus. They were forgiven too, way, way back before the foundations of the earth. The cross was already in works, and Jesus died for me, slain from the foundations of the world. What a great revelation when you realize you're forgiven. Right? But God didn't just save us from something. He saved us for something. He saved us, yes, from our sins so that we could live a prosperous life. But he saved us to be kings and priests unto our God. Now, there's many types of shadows of this. 
that we can look at really quick. There's the tabernacle of Moses. There was an outer court, inner court, holy of holies, right? Outer court, saved from our sins. Inner court, priest unto God, holy of holies. That's where the kingly anointing begins to operate. David was anointed three times, three different anointings. Paul the apostle anointed three times. You begin to see this pattern of the Lord with us, the Lord in us, and the Lord upon us. God is with us so that he can reveal himself to us. Now, here's where some people miss it. God didn't, most people think that God wasn't with you until you accepted him. Actually, you accepted him because he was with you. See, we think that we think we're just wandering around out here lost and aimless without God. And it's not that you're without God. You're just not aware that he's with you. And once you, once you become aware of that, it awakens something inside of you. Let me see if I can just, I like illustrations because it helps me see and I like to see things because it gives me a, a clear picture. Uh, Matt, can you just act lost? <laughs> Which should, Matt said that'd be easy. So, so he's just lost, right? I mean, this is what most of us call, right? So it's, and so when we think lost, most of us think without God. But the reason he's lost is not because he's without God. The reason he's lost is he doesn't have a revelation that God is actually with him. And so whether he realizes it or not, uh, I want to use you as the Holy Spirit. One, because you got blessed mama on your shirt. And, and, and the second is because you're a black woman, and that just messes with everybody's theology, and I love that. So... <laughs> So the Holy Spirit is a black, blessed mama. There we go right there. So Matt doesn't realize it, but black, blessed mama is with him. He's just not aware of it. This is John 14, 7 says, the Holy Spirit shall be with you. And so she's right there with Matt, but he doesn't know. Uh, hey, hey, can we get a camera on her? I know I'm messing. Nobody knew I was doing this. So, so there, Matt's taking her all sorts of places. All sorts of places that we think God wouldn't go. But God's not afraid to go anywhere. God's not afraid of sin. God's not afraid of darkness. Some of you thought that God went with you, but I promise you, he's been with you in every deep, dark, sinful situation, problem, circumstance. He was right there beside you, though. And the reason you made it out of there was because God was with you the whole time. You just weren't aware of it. You just didn't know it. Man, when I think back of all the places I took the Lord, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but he was right there with me. He was right there with you the whole time. You just weren't aware of it. Jacob says he woke up and says, God was here and I didn't even know it. My wife was a drug dealer driving from Virginia to North Carolina with two kilos of cocaine in the trunk. And all of a sudden, she sees the sky open up like a drive-in theater and saw herself with a man with a microphone preaching the gospel to thousands of people. She said, God, you got the wrong girl. She heard God chuckle like, hmm, we'll see about that. Two years later, I'm drugged out, going all the wrong places, doing all the wrong things with all the wrong motives. And I go to a bar where she's the bartender. Tried to get her to go out with me. She denied me, which really turned me on, so I really chased her. You know what I'm talking about? Took me about a year to track her down. 
Finally went in there one night when she was a customer not working. She had broken up with her boyfriend. We went out. We're smoking weed, snorting coke. We are lit. She looks at me and she goes, you're going to be a preacher. I thought, you sure are beautiful, but you're the craziest chick I've ever seen in my life. Because I ain't going to be no preacher. And I'm definitely not thinking about being a preacher right now. You know what I'm talking about? We both totally sobered up. And I said, why in the world would you say I'm going to be a preacher? And she said, I saw you in a vision. Why? The Holy Spirit was with us. Come on, somebody. That's powerful. So what happens all of a sudden, you see, here's Matt. He's just lost, slowly lost. <laughs> but... <laughs> Holy Spirit's not having trouble keeping up with him. He's not moving too fast. All of a sudden, come on, somebody. Don't you love the suddenlies of God? It says, Paul was on the road to Damascus. And suddenly a light shined. All of a sudden, something happens. It could have been a tragedy. It could have been a difficult circumstance. Or it could have just been an illumination or revelation. All of a sudden, Something happens and Matt realizes, oh my God, something's with me. Some of you might find it in a church service. Some of you might find it in the, uh, my wife found it in the front seat of her Bonneville about to smoke a joint. I found it at a Pentecostal church. Some of you might find it at work next week. It doesn't matter where it's at because the Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time and he's wooing us to bring us. Nobody can even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. And so all of a sudden he has a wake-up encounter to the fact of, oh my God, Holy Spirit or something may not know is with me. I had dinner with an agnostic man at a hotel a few years back. Met him supernatural. I love sitting in a bar at a hotel to eat dinner because that's where all the good conversation. You know, if you're not if you're traveling by yourself, all the good silent conversations around the bar because people drink a couple of drinks, they start really talking. You know what I mean? They're, and <laughs> so. He, I'm, I'm sit, I love to sit there and, you know, listen to people. And he got to talking to me and, you know, asked what I did. I told him he was a preacher. And he goes, wow. And, and he's like, well, you know, I, I was agnostic. I said, well, how do I am? He says, strange. He says, you know, I'm edu very educated and I've lived up in my mind almost all my life. And he said, but I was sitting at a red light. And all of a sudden, I had an awareness in my mind that I was all alone with nobody. And he said, panic came all over me. I felt absolutely, totally alone with nobody and no help. And he said it was so overpowering that I couldn't physically do anything. This fear, panic. And he said, I, the light changed to green and I couldn't go I was frozen in fear and, and, and des desperation he said and right before my eyes a tractor trailer ran the red light and if I had stepped on the gas at the right time I would have been killed and all of a sudden my panic went away and I knew something is with me and I didn't even know it <laughs> Isn't that powerful? So what happens then, whatever your moment is, you realize God is with you. Now, once you realize that, good job, Matt. That's a way to turn from your sin, my brother, and go the other way. <laughs> Bless mama say he's trying to do -si do with me up here. So now what happens is that was perfect. You turn toward the Lord and realize, wait a minute, he's not only with me, he is actually in me. 
Because at that same moment, something wakes up on the inside of you and now you realize God's not just with me, but he is actually in me. And now what happens, you begin to, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. He's been in you the whole time. You just want to, that's why Ephesians 5 says, awake from the dead and Christ will give you light. He will illuminate you to the fact that he's already in you and now this is where we move from being saved. This is where a lot of people get stuck because they accept the blood of Jesus and it cleanses their conscience from dead works and it makes us know that we're accepted by God. But a lot of Christians get stuck there because they're not taught that not only is God with you, but he's actually in you to make you a priest yes, unto God. Now, not only are you saved and forgiven and that joy that fills your heart, but now the Holy Spirit it awakens something in you and now you begin to be led instead of the Holy Spirit following you. Listen to me. Before the Holy Spirit followed you everywhere you went, now something transpires because not only is he with you, but he, and now you follow the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit getting a little sassy, but it's all right. Now the Holy now we begin to be led, not by somebody telling you outside, don't do this, don't do that, go there. Now, if you will allow it, the whole, you didn't have to tell me once I was aware that God was with me and in me to go to church. I wanted to go to church. You didn't have to tell me you've got to read the Bible. I wanted to read the Bible. You didn't have to beg me to come to a worship service. I was hungry for a worship service because I wanted to know this God that was living on the inside of me. And, and in my life, I was awakened to the fact I was praying one night. I was living with my mom and dad in Kissimmee, Florida, and I went out 2, 3 o'clock in the morning to sit in the den in my pajamas, and I said, God, I know you're with me because I know I'm saved. I felt that. I've experienced it. But I need to know you're real. And just like this, the audible voice of God filled my life like a uh, Niagara Falls. But here's what was weird. I didn't hear it coming from the outside in my ears. I heard it coming from inside coming out my ear. I heard the voice coming up in me, out my, I heard it when it came out, not when it went in, which affirmed the fact that he was here. And he said these words to me. He said, you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but fear no evil. I am with you. My rod and staff will comfort you. I didn't even know it was a scripture. It was the audible voice of God. Now, what happened, it awakened me. Now, because I was fighting all kind of demons. See, people think once you get saved, you lose your demons. They're still there. Y'all didn't like that one, did you? I was still fighting fear. I was still fighting all these demonic entities. Now I realized that God allowed them. You know, when they went to the promised land, God said, I'm not going to drive all your enemies out at one time. I'm going to leave some. I'm going to get them little by little. Why? Because I don't want the land to be empty. I want you to take your own territory. And so this priestly ministry, the second place I want to get to, this priestly ministry in us was awakened in my life through demonic entities. You say, what do you mean? This is just by the grace of God. I realized every time I would worship, these demons would get quiet. So I'd be racked with fear and anxiety and panic attacks. You know, literally, I'd be driving down the road and think about breathing. Y'all ever done that? Like you start thinking about breathing, like, if, like I've got to keep breathing. Because <laughs> if I don't keep breathing, I'm going to die. And the next thing you know, if you don't quit thinking about that nonsense and you think about breathing... The next thing you know, you're like, <gasps> I used to carry a paper bag with me just all the time in case I need to pull over and just, <sighs> I'd blink and hyperventilate driving down the road through panic attacks. Now, a lot of people told me you need medication, you need a pill. I said, no, I've, I've been on pills a long time. <laughs> I'm trying to get off pills. I ain't trying to get on pills. Just give me my bag. I'm good. 
And so I realized it hit me. When I was in God's presence, those demons couldn't do that. So I would find myself in the back seat of my car at Walmart parking lot, and I'd just pull over and get in the back seat and just worship Jesus. I only knew two Christian songs, uh, and they were both old ones. That one was uh, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name you're my master my savior my jesus like a fragrance after the rain oh jesus 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name and then i would but i would quit there i'll say yes there's something about that and what would happen these now i can't explain it other than if you experienced it all of a sudden my fear left my panic left and power came now the same boy that was breathing in a bag scared for his life had some kind of ability to set up in that back seat and say now in the name of jesus get out of my car so now I move from a priestly anointing to a kingly anointing. And the power of God would come on my life and I would deal with these ha-ha demon powers. Now, I don't know how I can get blessed by my own mat, but... <laughs> so she would kind of like just, you know... <laughs> Just. So John, John, John fourteen seven. He shall be with you, shall be in you. Acts one eight, and then shall come upon you. But most of us never move to this point. Because we get stuck and I'm saved. And we think, I'm just saved. And then you live the rest of your life not knowing there's supernatural power available to you if you'll take on your priestly ministry. Because your priestly ministry releases the kingly anointing that you can walk in authority and power. So our priestly ministry is so important, this worship we've been talking about, because worship is as I minister to the presence, the presence comes upon me. As I minister to the presence, the presence comes upon me. And to the level I minister to the presence, I walk in the presence. Does that make sense? So my worship life, my intimacy with God, my relationship with God through worship is what actually allows me to walk in authority and deal with the things in my life, speak to things, walk in the authority, inherit my inheritance. See, in the wilderness where we were in Egypt, when you were saved, God worked for you. In the wilderness... Where you learn your priestly ministry, God works in you. In the promised land, when you walk in the kingly anointing, God works through you. As soon as Jesus was saved, now this is coming right by revelation right now, so I am absolutely in a vein. Because <laughs> this is not flesh and blood in revealing this to me right now. 
When Jesus got saved, he was immediately sent to the wilderness to deal with the demons because it was in the wilderness that God moved him into his earthly priestly ministry where he learned man shall not live by bread alone, my God, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When Jesus had to deal with a demon for 40 days is where he learned that he was not living in a natural realm. He's living in a supernatural realm. And it says he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we should teach people better. Once you get saved, things aren't going to get better. Things are going to get worse. Why? You're going to get saved, but you're going to start fighting the demons that's been riding your life for years and years and years because God wants to snap those things off your life and mine. But it's the demons that make us hungry for the presence because it's the presence that deals with the demons. I can't say it again. I forgot it already. I'm just. (laughs) When I minister to the presence, see, most of us don't realize as soon as you get saved, you have a ministry. But it's not to people, it's to the Lord. Priest's job is to minister to the Lord. King's job, minister to people. So everybody says, what's my ministry? I can tell you what your ministry is. Your ministry is to the Lord. And once you start walking in that ministry, then the kingly authority comes on you for whatever he wants you to do for him. But most of us try to do something for him before we minister to him. Now, my personal experience was, I, because I learned this in the back seat at Walmart, that when I worship the Lord, that when I minister to the presence, the presence comes to me. It's like the law of attraction. And so, I was ministering to the Lord when I got this revelation I got it from Psalm 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Not Lord, bless me. Not Lord, bless me. It was bless the Lord. Not Lord, bless me. Me, bless the Lord. And in me blessing the Lord, it's automatic. It's like siphoning gas. Once, you, once it gets rolling, you can't get it off of you. And so I was, I was just all alone. I was worshiping the Lord, singing my Jesus song. And the one other I knew back then, uh, I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I want to do. I give you praise for you are my righteousness. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. It's the only song I knew. But the Lord liked it. Now, this, is given, this should give you encouragement that you don't have to know how to sing to worship. You don't need a band. You don't need an orchestra. Let everything that has breath. Come on now. So I'm ministering to the Lord, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm in a heavenly place. I'm like, whoa. And Jesus is weeping. And, he's, and he was sitting on a throne when I was worshiping, and he's weeping, and he gets up on the throne, and he walked around heaven like this. Like he walked over to Abraham, like, Abraham. Woo-hoo. This is exactly what the Lord, he said, I just got blessed. <laughs> Have you ever been in a meeting, and you know the presence of God comes, and, he's, and you're like, I got blessed. Jesus was walking around heaven. Hey, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Mm, I just got blessed. 
And now he just kept going to people in heaven. He's like, I just got blessed. And they said, who, who blessed you, Lord? He said, Kent, he anointed me. He anointed me today. And I was like, Lord, how does that work? And he told, showed me the scripture where the woman with the alabaster box who worshipped him and anointed him yes. through her worship. He said, if you will teach people that don't try to get me to anoint them, but if they will anoint me, they will automatically get the anointing on their own life. That's good. That's good. And out of that came this revelation as a priest unto God. What, a, what an honor. If we could ever get this revelation, what an honor you and I have. See, priest is all about access. Kingly is all about authority. It's your access to God that gives you authority from God. But most of us aren't functioning properly as priests. Therefore, we're not under the anointing as kings. And the thing about priest is access. That's why, see... Our Western religion has taught you you got to have a priest or you got to have a pastor to get you to God. But that's religion. You don't need a middleman. Jesus is our mediator. The middleman, you don't need a priest to get to God. You are a priest to God yourself. Now, if you will use that access, come boldly to the throne of grace. That you might, so you as a priest, see in the Old Testament, only one priest could go once a year who was a high priest and he only had access once a year. But once the blood was applied, Jesus said, I don't want one priest. I want a kingdom of priests who have access to my throne 24-7, 365 days a year. You've got access to the throne of God yourself. And if you will begin to minister to God as a priest into that presence. And it's not just singing. It says that we should present our bodies as living sacrifices unto the Lord. But, but what happens is, all of a sudden, now as you, as you activate the ministry, and now the more access and the more time you spend with God, the more, the, let me say it this way, the softer you get on the inside. Now, the reason I can function as a king on the outside with authority is because I'm soft on the inside. Why? Now I can hear that nudge. That whisper. Because I'm soft on the inside. And we know when I hear that soft whisper on the inside and I act on the outside, it releases an authority on me. Because I'm obeying this soft whisper on the inside, now I'm moving in authority on the outside. But if I'm not... If I'm not soft enough on the inside to be receptful to the Holy Spirit, his tugs and his nudges, then I never experience the power because I'm not following. See, when he moves, there's power. It's not your power or my power. When he moves, he's moving in power. Our problem is we don't know when he's moving and we don't know how he's moving because we've not used our access to stay connected with him. But if I use my access to stay connected with him, then when he's wanting to do something, I know what he wants to do. And when I get in that, I find the power of it released. You follow me? Can you dream with me a minute? What in the world? Holy Spirit, you are a hold of mat, and I appreciate that. I just forgot all about you. You just right, she just got him wrapped up like I ain't letting him go. God knows he needs me, and God knows he needs me close to him. I ain't letting him go. Thank God for the blessed mama who's the Holy Ghost this morning. You guys sit down a minute. Give them a minute. Blessed mama's like, I ain't letting you go, boy. Got you. Wouldn't it be comforting to know you had a blessed mama? I'm the comforter. If you can dream with me a minute. See, it says in Acts 17, in him we live and move and have our being. Know ye not that you are his offspring?
We're supposed to be little Jesuses. Follow his pattern. Baptized. Encounters the enemy. Comes out with power. Rest of his life on earth, he did two things. Priest and king. Since he'd go out during the day, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, and at night, he would pray to his father. And as soon as he got through communion with his father, he'd come back out with power. And he would move as a king in the earth, dealing with demons and darkness and disease and destruction. And then when he got through with the day, boom, it says he would commune with his father. He functioned, showed us the lifestyle that we should be living. Priest unto God. And, and let me go ahead and give you a disclaimer this thing about it takes three or four hours to get the job done, that ain't true. I'm talking about 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon will get you so oily. I'm telling you, just 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes, if, if you know what you're doing. See, my, I'm, I'm learning some secrets. I don't have time to share them with you today. You may have to come back. But I'm learning some things about prayer. Prayer is little about me and you talking. Prayer is more about us connecting. It's like I'm just trying to get the Wi-Fi signal. And once I get that established, then I just get me a download. Upgrade. And don't even take a lot of talking. It's just getting there. And, and in the beginning, it may take you three or four or five songs. As you get accustomed to it, it may take you half a song. Just walk right in it. Thank you, Jesus. Can you dream with me what would happen if we all took on our priestly ministry and then started functioning in that authority? He who washed us in his blood and called us to be priests and kings unto our God. It started being the ecclesia. So when I'm, I'm 20 minutes with God as a priest, and then I go to work as a king. And I deal with all these issues. Demons, problems, issues, and an authority. And then in the evening, I go back and let him wash all that off of me. Just 20 minutes. Take a Holy Ghost shower. Go to bed, dream dreams of God, visions, dreams, wake up the next morning, minister to the Lord. David, I think he said, I will lift up my hands in the morning and the evening sacrifice. Lift up my hands to the Lord, minister to him, worship him. That authority anointing comes on me, I go to work as a king. Walking in authority. Submitted, being led by blessed mama. Was that blessed mama just talking? Child? You better watch what you're about to do, child. Won't God make a way? If you let him. Right? Whatever voice you hear. Normally it sounds like yourself. But then you start being led. You're hearing him already. You just don't realize it. Like the other day when you were at Walmart and you put your stuff in the car and threw the buggy over, and that voice said, Go take that buggy back where you got it. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was the Holy Ghost. And if you listen to that, it'll get stronger. 
Or you were at Walmart. You know, I love Walmart, right? That's obvious by now. But you go to Walmart, and there's a parking place right. Don't you love the parking places right in the front? Like, and the Lord says, leave that for somebody else. Something. Or somebody pulls out in front of you at traffic, and you're about to get the horn, and, and the Lord says, don't do that. About the time I got, uh, I was about to show him Jesus is number one. No, <laughs> give him that Hawaiian peace sign. Y'all hate it when I just get right where you are, don't you? It's like. It's like Lord, have mercy. That is your priestly ministry. And if you will start responding to that, and here's, here, this will set you free. What if it wasn't God? Any attempt at obedience is blessed. So if it wasn't God telling you to put the cart back and you thought it was God and you acted on it, it's blessed. And just because of your desire to obey, more will start coming your way. And to the degree and the level we fulfill our priestly ministry, then we get to walk in this authority, and it should go from glory to glory. It starts with putting the buggy back, and then it gets to dealing with cancer. Then it gets to dealing with these. Because if God can trust us to put the buggy back, Right? And it starts at all levels. I mean, if you've been here a while and you hadn't heard the word in your spirit, tithe. I'm, you've heard it. And you, didn't, and you didn't have to hear it from me. The spirit of God's been speaking to you. It, it's in here. You, you know, when we give that giving declaration, you get a funny feeling in here. And, you, and, and we just hadn't acted on it. When you act on it, all kind of stuff gets loosed. It ain't about the tithe. It's about access. Because he said, if I can trust you with unrighteous riches, then I can trust you with true riches, which is the anointing and the things of God and the purposes of God and the plans of God. But he, when God first started talking to me as a priest, it was normally, every time God would speak to me, it was about giving something to somebody. Give that person this. Give this. I, I, I can't tell you the first time the Lord spoke to me to give $100. It blew my mind. I was like, that can't be God. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That can't be God. Because uh, I ain't got but one $100. <laughs> and I know he don't want that one. You know it's God when you only got one $100 to your name. And he's talking to you about it. I said, you can't want, that's a devil right there. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Right? But then as you loose that, you know what happens. It comes back to you somehow, and then your faith goes, oh, my God. Right? And then this faith thing starts working where you listen and obey, and something good happens, and you listen and obey, and something good happens. Now your priestly ministry gets big and strong, ministering freely to the Lord my worship, freely to others with my stuff. Freely given to my stuff, of my stuff to others. How, how much time have I got? I got one minute. I got one minute. I, I love, I just got to tell this because I just love the story. I was ministering in Alabama years ago. And uh, I had been given a watch. I love, I love watches. I just know, I don't love a lot of other things, but I love watches. I hope it's not a sin. And uh, I know it's not because he said watch and pray. So anyway, <laughs> he wants you to have a good watch because you can watch him pray. And uh, I'm preaching in this little church, 35 people down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I had this watch. Boy, I love that watch. Somebody had given it to me, and it was, it was blessed. And I'm preaching, and the Lord said, give that preacher this watch. I said, ooh. <laughs> now, I'd been functioning as a priest for a while. I was like, oh, 
that out of my mind there. <laughs> Went on and started preaching, kept preaching. So that night, he, we're driving in a van to, to eat dinner. and uh, I don't even know why I did this stupid thing. I said, what time is it? I asked him. He goes, oh, man, I don't have a watch. I said, I said, what do you mean you don't have a watch? He said, man, it's wild. He said, two weeks ago, this uh, guy, alcoholic came in the church and got saved, and the Lord told me to give him my watch. I felt heat come down my arm. I went, you ain't getting this watch. I went home. This is how bad it was. I went home and called Bev and said, Bev, the devil's trying to steal my watch. She said, what do you mean? I said, I'm telling you, I said, I think it's a witchcraft working. I said, I, I said, I said, I, you know, I, I felt like I heard this voice and I knew it wasn't God. And, 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 and then I, you know, and then I felt this heat when he said about his, I said, and, and Bev's like, the devil ain't trying to steal your watch. Crazy. Just give the man your watch. I was like, I rebuke you too in the name of Jesus. Devil even talking through you now. I rebuke you and you and you in the name of Jesus. I got, up the next, I got up that next morning to preach before the living God who I serve. I could not talk. I, sa I said, open your Bible. And I was like, holy God. And, and, and the Lord said, you give him the watch, you won't say a word. You choose. I was like. You know, people say God loves a cheerful giver. You ain't never gave enough. Because there wasn't nothing cheerful about it. I'm going to tell you this right now. I called him up and I said, come here. Take it. Get out of here. Whole church started crying. Because, you know, they saw him two weeks ago give his watch away to an alcoholic. And it was a whole big guy thing. Years went by. Told the Lord, I gave away a good, wa a good watch and I got back a swatch. <laughs> Lord's like, it don't work every time. <laughs> got back and we started the church and a guy came up to me and uh, introduced himself and shook my hand and I saw, I said, that's my watch. He said, no, it's not. I said, yes, it is. I said, that's my watch. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, that's my watch. He goes, no, I bought this from a pastor in Alabama. I said, I know, it's my watch. <laughs> Can you? He said, I bought it from him. I said, what? Why did he sell it? He said, he took the money and bought some uh, building materials so he could build a Sunday school set for kids. He said, 500 kids have come to know Christ through this little Sunday school set he built after I bought this watch from him. Wow. Wow, that's God. I was like, two, two, about 18 months later, this guy got into financial difficulties and he was going to sell the watch. And he came to me and said, I was going to sell it. And God said, no, here's your way out of trouble. Give it back to Kent. As soon as I touched it, the Lord said, don't you keep it. You send it back all the way to the person that gave it to you to start with and let it do what it's going to do the next time. Come on. 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 Now, what what does all this mean? I'm just saying, what if we all started functioning as these priests who can hear what to do, what to give, how to pray, and then walk in this authority? I believe this is what God means when he says he wants to establish his presence in word of life. That God wants to establish his presence and his power here and demonstrate his goodness to us in a supernatural way. So I'm going to ask our uh, dear sister to come back because I, I cut us off in worship. We had a song. I just wanted to sing this one song and let's pray. Is that okay? We got enough time. Just a couple minutes. And I'm just going to ask God to just release us today 
And, and something happens. Something will happen here in the next two minutes where somehow either you'll be awakened that God's with you and you'll turn to him. That this morning, you'll literally, well, just like Matt, you're just going to go, I'm ready. I'm ready to walk with you. Some of you, inside of you, you're just going to feel an awakening like, and then next week sometime, you're going to feel yourself just desiring to get alone and just be with God and start functioning in your priestly calling. And then others who've been at it, you just needed to be reminded this morning of actually what's available, that it's not like we got to get God. The Romans 10 says it's not like you got to go way up there and get him or way down there and get him or go way off somewhere else and get him. But the word of God is near you, even in your mouth. And you're just going to have a new, fresh awareness that, hey, God is with me. And God is in me. And if I minister that presence, he'll come upon me and I'll get power to deal with these demons that's been trying to harass me and my family and my loved ones. And I will walk in another authority that I've never walked in before.